Hello, and welcome to the Headache Doctor podcast. We're on this podcast. It's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so that you can break free from a life of fear of your next headache or migraine and dependence on medication. In today's podcast, we have a special guest, Amber Collins. She is a patient that's gone through our process. She actually worked with Dr. Gutwine, so not directly with me. And that's why I'm excited to share her story because it's impactful. I think a lot of you will relate to it and hear yourself in it. And of course, at the end of this, we want to uh, just leave you feeling like you have hope, like there's an answer outside of medication. So Amber, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, so we're, I'm, I'm kind of laughing a little bit because I did screw up the audio and this is round two. Um, but this is, uh, this is how it works here. This is, uh, yeah, this is the Headache Doctor podcast. Uh, so what we want to do is um, we want to pull out pieces of your story as far as um, what what can people relate to or connect to? And there's a few big things that I think uh, I'm excited about sharing as as far as your story. But let's start from the beginning and kind of give us the timeline of when things started and what that looked like. Yeah, absolutely. So I've had migraines for as long as I can really remember. I, I think I got my very first migraine when I was about 15, maybe 16 years old. I remember, you know, having to stay home from school, just feeling awful, you know, couldn't have lights on, needed to be in bed. Um, and, you know, my mom came to me and said, well, you know, I, I get migraines as well. This is what you're going to want to do. Take some Advil, drink some water, lay down. Um, they essentially progressed from that point in time. So, you know, from 15, 16 to maybe about when I was 20 or 25, I started to get migraines almost on a weekly basis. So, um, you know, I was in bed usually about 24 hours. And again, I was just taking some Advil thinking that, okay, if I take a little bit of medicine, lay down, I'll feel better. I would wake up after 24 hours, feel a little bit better, not much, and really just kind of go on with my day until the next week when I'd get another migraine. So at that point, I was like, you know, I need to go in and see a doctor and just see what's going on, see if I can figure out what the problem is. So I did go see several doctors. Most of them told me, you know, hey, we want to put you on a preventative medicine. We think you have cluster migraines. This is really going to help put them at bay. And then, by the way, here's another medication that is going to take away your migraine when you get them because you're still going to get them even though you're on a preventative medicine. So for me, that was a little tough. They they did say, well, you know, it could be hormonal. So I went to go see my OBGYN. She was like, yeah, let's put you on a birth control. That's going to help. I didn't want to be, again, on any sort of medication. I, I would prefer a more holistic approach where I'm not dependent on something, physically dependent on a, on a medicine. So um, that was a little tough for me. And I, you know, I thought to myself, well, it's once a week. I can deal with it. I'll, I'll be fine. I just have to hide in my room for, mm-hmm. for a day. Yeah. And... Then I, you know, five years ago, I had my first child, and the migraines were they they kind of got a little bit better. Um, I I was having I would say probably one migraine a week. Sometimes it would be one every other week, and so again, manageable at least for me, where I'm like, okay, this is my life. I know what to expect, and I just lay down when I have a headache. So um, then I had my second child, and this was about two and a half years ago, and my migraines significantly progressed. I was getting about two migraines a week. Sometimes they were 72 hours long. I would, again, have to lock myself in a room. At this point in time, they were so bad that I could not sometimes drink water. I couldn't, you know, take Advil. That was my normal, you know, choice of medicine to try to get rid of a a migraine, which 
did not do anything, by the way. Um, and usually I would just, I couldn't keep anything down. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was really, really tough. It was very debilitating. I, um, have a very demanding job as well as two kids. And so for me, I was like being in bed for 72 hours is just not something that I can continue to do. So then I decided, well, I've seen, you know, I've seen doctors. I actually saw a neurologist. I've seen my OBGYN. Everybody's telling me I need to take medicine. I keep telling them I don't want to take a medication. I don't want to be reliant on that. So I started doing research because I was like, there has to be something else out there. And so that's when I found Novera and I was super excited, at least based on the testimonies. And I was like, okay, this gives me a little bit of hope. I came in for um, my first appointment and um, saw you for my very first visit and then saw other providers after that point in time. Um, But I was very skeptical, to be honest. I was like, how can this be something, you know, in my shoulders or neck specifically? But hey, I'll give it a try. But I I definitely was like, I don't know if this is going to solve the problem. Yeah, yeah. And we hear that all the time. So yeah, you aren't alone in that. Um, it's definitely a, uh, so that I want to capture that, like one, the intuition you had of, I don't want to take meds, but also this, um, sort of emptiness or or lack of hope of like anything to actually solve it. And, uh, which is a problem in our healthcare system. But, um, before we jump into that, I want you to describe what you felt when you had a migraine, you, uh, you alluded to nausea being a major part of it. Um, how did the pain present? What were, uh, was it one-sided and, um, yeah, did you have other symptoms with it? Yeah, for sure. So usually I can tell when I have a migraine coming on, I have sort of a, a, honestly, I didn't make the connection, but I'd have a little bit of a pain in the side of my neck. Mm-hmm. Um, my eye would kind of feel a little like off or a little fuzzy and then instantly I'd kind of start to feel this pain come on on one side of my head. Um, I would have nausea associated. For me, um, I also, like there was major light sensitivity Mm. and then I would get this tingling feeling on the same side of my body. It's always the left side of my body, but a tingling sensation in my fingertips. Um, And then my nose on that side would run. So it was like instantly I just knew. I had migraines so bad um, that I would be at work and I would lose a part of my vision, at least on my left side. So I would just know everything on my left side would feel something strange and not normal. Yeah. Uh, pardon the pun here, but when people ask, would you say I'm all right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm fine. Do you get my joke though? Yes. <laughs> Cause you can see. Okay. Anyway, uh, that's stupid, <laughs> but, um, yeah, but that's also true because you have to push through it, right? Mm-hmm. And so you just have to you have to do life. And um, yeah, you mentioned having a migraine a week was kind of manageable, which is crazy. I think a lot of people um, that that suffer with migraines once a week is like, yeah, I can push through. And I think there's a sense of whether you you just don't talk about it because it's not worth talking about because no one has a solution. So, and then there's nothing really visible. Um, like, you know, you're not walking around with a cast or crutches. And and so you really just push through. And, uh, and it's amazing to me that people get to the point where one migraine a week is like, okay, like I can lose a day a week. Um, and then it ramps up and, and it starts taking over your life. But on those, on the one day a week, were you pushing through or was it like you're, in a dark room, can't function. 
It would depend, honestly, on what I needed to do. So sometimes it was I, I'd push through. I have a ton of big meetings or both boys are home. I'm the only one watching them. Like you, you just do what you have to do. I would not say that it's anything that you should have to live with. Yeah. And, and I think I convinced myself it was okay. Like I, once a week is okay. That's not too bad. You know, I, I just have to make my way through it. Yeah. As far as, as far as the neck being an issue, you just mentioned it, it would start with like neck pain. Um, but did you ever think like, Hey, I need my neck looked at. Hey guys, if you are listening to this podcast, the chances are you have headaches or migraines and you're searching for relief outside of medication. Well, maybe you've tried different products on the market or devices, traction units, things like that, but they haven't really scratched that itch and provided you with the relief you're looking for. Well, what we've done here at Novera is taken the principles that we teach and abide by in our in-person care and come up with a product that allows you to apply those same pressures and improving mobility to the upper part of your neck at home. You see, it's called the SAM device, Simple Affordable Migraine Relief. And the device allows you to improve mobility to the upper part of your neck. And we are excited to announce that it's available today on our website. Visit NoveraHeadacheCenter.com. Click on the SAM device page where you can look at videos and learn more about the SAM product and purchase it for yourself and start treating your headaches and migraines more naturally without medication. Again, that's NoveraHeadacheCenter.com and click on the SAM device page to purchase your very own SAM device today. I did not ever make that connection. No, I, I literally thought it was a couple of different things. I, I kind of was like, oh, it's all in my head. Maybe it's neurological. I also thought maybe there were triggers because I know for me, the typical ones like chocolate and mm -hmm. alcohol and caffeine, like those, those things really do trigger migraines for me. So I'm thinking, okay, well, just stay away from that stuff. Like I've literally cut out chocolate, which is very sad for me. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. like, I don't eat chocolate anymore. So I really thought it was one of those two things. I, I did not ever make the connection that I've had, you know, significant trauma to my shoulders or neck or anything like that, that would cause migraines. Like I had, I just never made the connection. Yeah. You did mention, um, you had a car accident. Um, uh, but basically you're, you're saying in your health history, there was nothing that said, oh, my neck should have a problem. Is that what I'm hearing? Correct. Yeah. No, nothing, nothing beyond the, the car accident. Other than that, it was like, I, I mean, I've danced my whole life, you know, I very, active person, like nothing that would make me think my body is like something in my body is causing these migraines. Yeah. Okay. So you were a dancer? I was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've talked about that on this podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll use, so you're also in the dental world and mm -hmm. I, I use the dental world a lot to compare <clears throat> the way people think about their teeth. Um, I would like people to think about their neck in a similar way or just like their physical body. Right. And, um, so what I usually tell people is it's kind of like, so some people, maybe half the people we see have, uh, some sort of traumatic, you know, a car accident, uh, you fell off a horse for some reason, that's pretty common here. Um, something where you actually injured your neck and, and you can trace your headache or migraine symptoms back to that. Then the other half don't have this obvious reason for it. And so we look at 
uh, one, I mean, just culturally we sit a lot, but then we look at women are two to three times more likely to experience headaches or migraines. And especially if we, if we have a female that um, has a history of being really hypermobile, like mobility was a focus in their activity. So dance being that, um, generally we, we're going to lack stability and the neck is super mobile and our head weighs 10 to 12 pounds. And so if we, if we bias this, this flexibility in sport and we still have to manage this 10 to 12 pound head, there's a lot of stress that can build up in the neck. Um, and so dancers, I would say are in a little bit higher risk of this. Uh, but especially if you have a car accident or something in your past, but anyways, um, we, we see the, like your history quite a bit, but almost no one connects those things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and I want you, I want you to speak to the, the healthcare providers you saw. Did anyone explain the, what was happening or, or the why? No, no one really gave me full answers. I think the only answer I really got was this is all hormonal. And even to the point where I was told, well, when you turn 50, they'll probably start to go away. Nice. And I was yeah. thinking, oh, the, it's a waste till I'm 50. I don't think I want to wait that long. But I was not given any explanation whatsoever. It was more just, yeah, you have these. Let's get let's put you on this prescription medication and we'll go from there. Yeah. And I also wanted I wanted to hit on um, we do have quite a few people that come to us that intuitively know this medication isn't what I need. But if you if you take the Western medicine model of of migraine and the definition being a spontaneous neurological event, it it does taking that it does make sense to treat it chemically because you you mask the symptoms. Um, but so so what led to this feeling of like the medication isn't right for me? I think my thought process was, okay, if medication is going to mask it or like just be some sort of preventative medication, um, it's not going to actually get to the root cause of why I'm getting these migraines. So I think I was really curious as to why am I why am I getting these yeah. and what's causing it? So I think for me, that was what was really attractive about Novera was I was like, okay, well, maybe this is what's going to help solve one of the root causes of my migraines. Yeah. So essentially there's something objective that this place is looking at. Uh, and maybe it's been overlooked in my situation. Um, That's right. Me yeah. Medication isn't the avenue. So it wasn't this overwhelming belief of like, I have a neck problem. And, and there was actually none of that. I, right? had, I literally did not even connect the two. And as I talk through, even, even just sitting here talking through it with you, like I've been talking to you guys, I, I talk your ears off by the way, like for an <laughs> hour, every time I come here. But even then I just did not have this sense of, Hey, this is what was causing it. I even even through knowing I was a dancer, I have a stressful job. I was in a car accident right around 16 years old. Like it never occurred to me that that was the problem ever. Like I always thought this is neurological. The doctors are telling me that I need to take a medicine to help prevent it, to help make it better, but it's not going to actually solve my problem. I just didn't ever connect it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all pain is neurological, really. And so right. To say that um, it's neurological is not inherently wrong. It's just not why. It's exactly. not why it's happening. It's like saying you have knee pain and then taking medication to, to impact your nervous system so that you don't feel it. And then when it works, you say, well, it's neurological. Well, no, we got to fix something in your knee. Exactly. Um, and so that's that intuition that people have and they don't know how to put words to. And I, and I love what we do because we 
are able to to describe the things that people feel and explain it. And then they feel like, hey, okay, this is new. I can do something with this. And that's what this podcast does. And then um, practically when people come in here, we, we love to, you know, um, put them through, you know, an hour of <clears throat> discomfort and then they feel better after. <laughs> um, yeah. So, okay. You start the process and um, you're, you're hesitant, but what, what did you kind of feel like we start working on your neck? What, what were your thoughts? So I would say my initial thoughts were, okay, I understand why you're doing what you're doing. You guys did a really good job of explaining this is what could be the problem. And this is what we're going to try to do to help solve it. And so I would say after my first maybe two to three treatment appointments, um, it wasn't that uncomfortable. It actually is like there are points of discomfort because you know, oh my gosh, something's wrong there. Yeah, yeah. But it's almost like a good thing. Like I like felt good like hurt. every time, yes, it's a good hurt. Like, okay, I can tell something's wrong with this point in my shoulder, this point in my neck. And um, so the first like three treatments, I was still getting migraines, like probably in the same consistency that I was before. So I think that that hesitation was maybe still there, maybe after three visits. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was like, but I do feel a little bit better. Every every time like there's part of me that like I was, I was feeling a little bit more mobile. Like even when I'd sit at my computer doing work all day long, it wasn't the stiffness that I was getting. So I was like really invested. And and I think it took me three appointments before I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go all in. Like I, I'm going to mm. do this and I'm going to see, see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's helpful. And I think it's even helpful for me as a provider to hear that because, um, there's this dynamic of like we have to prove ourselves and, and it's okay like i'm not i'm not asking to you know feel entitled to enter into the space and everyone just trust me um immediately it, it's like i get it there's skepticism it's something that's new you've dealt with this for decades how is this going to solve the problem like we deal with it with just about everyone we see um, but it's helpful for me to hear that because, um, we, we do often get a quicker turnaround. I mean, okay. You have a, a decade or two of symptoms and, you know, if we get a couple visits, like that can be enough for you to feel like, okay, we're making progress. Um, like that's fantastic. And that, that turnaround is quick, but in the moment, it can feel like, oh, three visits, like, oh, we need to, we need to start making like more progress in this. And, uh, and so your, your testimony here on the podcast is helpful for people to just like be patient. And what we look for in those first four visits is really that, that sort of intuition of this is what I need. I'm, I'm feeling like we're doing something that, that needs to be done. Um, let's talk about like soreness, setbacks. Um, uh, when did you feel like you turned a corner type of thing? Yeah. So, I would say I I went in for kind of those, what I would consider my trial, like, okay, three visits. I'm feeling like, okay, this, this might be something I want to go all in on. I want to, I want to see if it can, if it can help. And, um, I think at that point, the soreness was almost turned into relief. So I was feeling a sense of relief in this, in that I was getting one migraine a week instead of two. And so every time I'd come in for a visit and I was doing two a week at the the first point and 
um, you know, I'd be like, yeah, I got a migraine between the the two visits. And so that for me was a little tough. But you, you know, you guys did a really good job of you're going to have setbacks. This isn't going to be something that you come in for one visit or two visits, and then your problem is solved, right? Like we, we have to physically like change the way that you're functioning and you you'll know all of the medical terms way better but you know like we have to literally change you and so i i think i was like okay well the setbacks are okay then like i i still want to see like i'm actually physically feeling better even though i'm still getting migraines every once in a while I would say it was probably after maybe six or seven visits that I started to really notice relief in my migraines in the sense that before, you know, they were 72 hours sometimes. I wasn't getting the 72-hour migraines. If I had one, it was maybe, you know, I, I always, my my migraines were always triggered when I'd wake up. So mm. I think it was overnight and had to do with sleep and so we could yeah, go into all yeah. of that thing. But, you know, so I, I'd wake up with a migraine and by the end of the day, it would be gone. And for me, that was very weird because... Because there were no, I, I don't, I can't recall a migraine where it was less than 12 hours. So I was like, okay, this, this really encourages me. This makes me feel better. And I've, I've kind of completed treatment to the point where now I'm on a monthly cadence and I'm able to go a long time between visits and still have a lot of relief. I'll, I will get a migraine every once in a while. But I would say even at this point, you know, I, I went a month between seeing Dr. Gutwein um, around the holidays and I I didn't have a migraine. Yeah. And, and for me, that was like, even my mom was like, where are you going? What are you doing? Tell me about this place, you know? So it was yeah. for me transformational. And, and I, even if I'm getting a migraine here and there, I know it's not going to be something that's completely gone, but to not have one for a month for me when I was getting two a week, I mean, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Let's talk a little bit about, um, just when you were, when you were having migraines frequently, what were the things that, uh, it kept you from doing or how did you feel? Um, and, and then, you know, how do you feel now? And what are the things you're able to do? There's a lot of moms out there that are struggling as well. So what, what's that dynamic like? Yeah. So starting with the first part of it, I was, before I was in treatment, I was unable to sometimes take care of my kids. You know, my, my husband would have to take the day off because Mm -hmm. I was off and I couldn't, I couldn't take my son to school. Like I literally couldn't drive. It was very, very debilitating to the point where if I wasn't in a dark room and like in complete silence that it was so overwhelming for me that, you know, I I would, I would cry all the time. Like Mm. this was like very, very traumatic for me, like very, very difficult to handle. And when I'm, you know, as a mom, I'm like, I can't take care of my kids. And one of them's asking me for a snack and I'm like holding my head and like walking to the Mm. pantry. That's not giving them the care that they need either. So I realized, okay, well, if I'm not, if, if I can't take care of myself, I'm not going to be able to take care of my kids. So that's the, the mom piece. And then the work side, you know, that's, a whole separate stressor where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm having to tell everybody at work, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to do this or that because I I literally can't even look at a screen. I can't mm. look at my phone. Sometimes I couldn't even text to say, hey, I have a migraine. Like it would get so, so intense. So for me, that was kind of the the breaking point where I'm like, I, I can't physically help my kids. I can't take my son to school. I can't get my son a snack in a normal fashion. Like that shouldn't be an okay normal for me. Right. Right. Man, I, um, 
yeah, it's, it's just sad. Like it's sad that, I mean, ideally when you're 15, you get a migraine, you come to a place like this and we take care of it. Um, we don't see, I mean, we do see 15 year olds. Um, but it's sad because our healthcare system set up in a way where you don't realize this until you explore in your own journey and get to a breaking point and you're like, fine, I'll, I'll just try to figure this out on my own and do anything. And, and then you're like in desperation and then you like trust these crazy people and then it like works. And that's kind of how I feel it is. And, um, unfortunately our right now, our model, uh, we, we get the people that are at their worst because it's like, they didn't feel like there was any simple, I don't know. It's, I hope that we can change that. And I think your story, educating people will help change that. Um, so let's talk about, I mean, how you feel now? Are you able to give your kid a snack when, <laughs> when your son a snack when he wants one? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I feel a thousand times better. Um, just the fact that I am not waking up in fear of having a migraine, I think is, is amazing. And I go longer periods without a migraine. And when I do get a migraine, I was kind of alluding to it's it's shorter, it's not as long, and it's not as intense either. So I am able to still drive and I'm like, yeah, my head hurts. But I almost feel like now I'm at the point and I was telling my husband this that I almost feel like it's just a headache. Like mm. maybe it's not even a migraine anymore. And I don't know what a headache feels like. Like I only know what migraines are. Right. So I'm like, well, right. maybe this is what a headache is. And so I would say I'm just able to function so much better. I'm able to, yes, get my kid a snack and all the things. And that's like such a simple thing. But I think yeah. a lot of moms can relate like when your kids are like, I have two boys, right? Yeah. And so the boys are nuts and they're just loud and crazy. And so when you have a migraine, it's like, I can't. Like, I just almost can't even handle this. It's too much for me. And now at this point, even if I have one, I feel like, yeah, I, I can handle this. I can make it through the day. I'm going to be okay. Yeah, man. I So being a, being a mom with migraine symptoms and the, the impact that it has on just being there for your kids. The other thing we interact with frequently is moms just pour into the family, right? And so you don't want to think about yourself. And sometimes going through this process is hard because it takes it takes time and, and money, like resources away from your family. But the most valuable resource is them having their mom back, right? Um, and I love I love the fact. I, I mean, of course, if we can get someone one hundred percent where they never have a migraine again, we'll shoot for that. Um, but these these problems, we want to get people to a point where they feel like they can they can manage it, and they're not feeling hopeless and uh, victim to it. And so when you, when you get these more mild migraines, are they debilitating or you're, it sounds like you're able to push through relatively well? Yeah. I mean, I can, I can push through. It's not comfortable, but what, yeah. what headache is, but it's definitely not like the pushing through that I was doing before where it's like, there's no one to that's here to watch my children. I have to watch them, even though I'm at the point where, you know, I have to say, okay, eat your snack. And then I'm running to the bathroom, you know, like mm. to, to throw up because I'm so nauseous from this migraine. So yeah, I, I definitely, um, now I'm at the point where I feel like I, I can push my way through. I, I like, I actually have hope, which I know sounds crazy, but I have not had hope for, mm you know, 20 years. Like I wow. have not had a, a feeling of this will ever get better until now. Yeah, man. I I feel, I mean, obviously I wasn't your provider. I, I feel honored um, to have the opportunity and the Lord like 
bless us with the ability to, to do something like this. Um, yeah, there's, there's so many hard things in this life. Um, and so you've stepped into being a mom and you've stepped into your career in a way that like you're doing it with excellence, even with migraines. And so if we can free you from that and allow you to do both those things without, um, I love that. And, and thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, any other thoughts or encouragement? I, I mean, there's another Amber out there listening to this. Um, yeah. Any final words? I would just say, um, I was very, I was in a point where I was desperate to seek some sort of treatment. Don't wait until you're desperate. And even if you are, just know that there are other solutions out there than medication. Like it, it actually does help. And I just, like if you're feeling that sense of hesitation or you're very skeptical of it, I would just encourage you to like push through that feeling and just know this could be something that really could transform your life. It absolutely transformed mine. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Um, this, this story will be impactful. I think if anything, like selfishly, it's just for me to, um, be encouraged, but, uh, I know many, many others will, and, uh, we'll use it as a resource for those that sound similar to your situation and say, Hey, listen to Amber. And, and, uh, maybe when they're in that third visit and feeling hesitant, still it'll encourage them to keep going. And, uh, but thank you so much for helping us on our mission, of course, to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so that we can break free from that life of fear and dependence uh, like you talked about. And we're so thankful that you're on the other end of that. Um, thank you guys for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast. Please uh, subscribe, share it with a friend. You are marketing. So uh, sharing your story, sharing uh, this information with someone that you know that uh, can use it and and can be empowered and educated from it is how we're going to spread and grow. Uh, we don't have the big marketing budget, Super Bowl commercials uh, that the pharmaceutical companies do. Uh, but we have the power of stories like this. And so um, we're going to keep doing this uh, until we can't anymore. Um, but I, I love it. And so thank you guys for supporting us. We'll see you next week. Hey guys, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast. I know that you have a lot of options in how you spend your time and how you consume information around headaches and migraines. I just wanted a quick ask because the only way that we grow this podcast and continue this mission is if you subscribe, share this podcast, and of course, leave us a five-star review. Those are cherished and it makes my day when I see someone's story come through as a five-star review and how this podcast podcast has been able to help you. Thank you so much again for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast, and I'll see you next week.